Welcome to the Messiah's Branch Broadcast, a one-hour promise program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Greetings, saints, and welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We're broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is February 2nd, 2023. Thanks, the world is in turmoil. Most still don't realize it, but we are in that time of the end. And that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin, the world, and look to the Holy City. Look to that one who suffered and died for you. Did you not hear the sound of the shofar? You need to heed the warning and get right now before it's too late. Please make the choice for your show tonight. If you need help after the program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, leave your name, number, prayer request, and or message. Phone number, of course. 620-878-4682. In an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. Now listen, folks, you can always find updates with the breaking news, all about the Wichita Mission Church, radio program archives, contact information, all this at our ministry hub, which is where? Simply, prophecyhour.com, prophecyhour.com. Remember, we're a national satellite radio program. We simulcast live on the internationally from some independent FM. Four different MP3 streams, Twitch, Rumble, Phonebridge, picked up by every podcaster out there. Anyway, on another note, let's thank our listener base. Places like Orange, Australia, Rotterdam, the, New- the Netherlands, Tomosk, Russia, and of course cities in the United States such as Fort Worth, Texas, Modesto, California, Tampa, Florida, Hutchinson, Kansas. You again, the largest group of our listeners last week to when they go to podcasts. You know, later tonight, I can always tell where the podcast ones are, are listened from, and so I always give you the previous week, not the coming week. Anyway, um, let's have a prayer, and we'll bring on tonight's guest. Get right into it. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua, home in Jesus' name, I pray. Father, I pray radio tonight goes according to your will, not our will, Father. And please, just bless everyone with ears in which to hear and understand the truth. So please follow Yahweh and your son, Yeshua Hamashiach's mighty name. Bless this program tonight. Amen and amen. Well, tonight we got Michael Snyder back on, and he'll get it and let us know what's going on all over. He really keeps track. He's a real watchman. He has a blog called The Economic Collapse Blog, the most important thing and the end of the American dream. He's also the author of books, The Beginning of the End, The Rapture Verdict, Get Prepared Now, Living a Life That Really Matters, Lost Prophecies of the Future of America, The Seven-Year Apocalypse, and his latest book is The End Times. He's become very popular on many on other prophecy-related radio and TV programs. Tonight, let's check in with him to find out what he thinks is the most important news. Are you there with me, Michael? I'm here, Pastor Dan. Can you hear me? Just fine. I got the volume set fine, and I'm ready for a great program as normal. But, you know, I, I have a hard, here it goes back to that. I'm ready for a great and exciting program. Well, you know, it's kind of with the, what we, we have been telling the people, you know, it, it's kind of hard to say great and exciting, you know what I mean, because so much is going on. Of course, though, I'm greatly excited that Yeshua's coming, but you know what I mean. Back to you. Oh, I very much know what you mean, uh, uh, Pastor Dan, because a lot of people look at the world and they say, oh, look at all the horrible things that are happening, wars and rumors of wars and pandemics and, you know, and economic troubles and the list goes on and on and on. Um, but ultimately, we need to understand that all of human history has been building up to this time that we're at right now. The great battle between good and evil is coming to a grand crescendo, and we get to be here for it. And God, in his infinite wisdom, decided to put each one of us here at this 
a critical juncture of human history for a reason, and we should be excited about that, that God has put us here specifically in his, it's his plan, he has a job for us to do, and so I'm excited, I'm excited about what's ahead, Pastor Dan, I'm excited about the future, even though it's going to be crazier than we can even imagine, and, uh, you know, I guess a great place to start talking about tonight is basically how close we are, basically, to World War III. Um, yeah. I mean, Pastor Dan, we are getting dangerously close uh, to a point of no no return uh, with, with this with this conflict with Russia. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I t- I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, you know, because I I see how close we are. I also, see there's there's some other reports that are buried uh, around. If you dig around, you'll find out that. Um, you know, we aren't even equipped to go into a conventional war because we don't have the munitions. We're about to run out of everything. And we really, some of the bombs and things that we even need to, would need to ship to Ukraine, they don't even have the general civil, we don't even have the factory up to do that yet. But we'll have it in two more years. Well, this war is going to go escalate very, very high in less than two years. In fact, you get a article in it that says we're about to see the biggest escalation of the war in Ukraine so far. Tell us about that. Yeah, of course, both sides have been continuously escalating uh, one after another for for months, but we're about to see the biggest escalation of all. Now, you know, and and my my regular readers know that for the last couple months, I've been regularly warning. I said, hey, look, the Russians, according to the intel that I see and I'm gathering, the Russians are gathering hundreds of thousands of fresh troops ready to make this fresh strike against Ukraine. But meanwhile, the, the mainstream media was saying, oh, the Ukrainians are winning, even though they're losing ground. Oh, the Ukraine's going to win this war. You know, but now, all of a sudden, the last few days, it's changed. Today, in fact, headlines in the biggest, in a, uh, a headline on the Drudge Report this morning was all about this, you know. And, you know, all of the mainstream media today, they're talking about the, they're talking about this because the Ukrainians just came out and the one Ukrainian official just came out and he publicly warned, quote, Russia is preparing for maximum escalation. And another Ukrainian official just came out and he said that the Russians have gathered together a force of approximately 500,000 troops, half a million troops for a coming winter offensive. Now, if that number is accurate, and I believe that it is roughly accurate, well, then this Russian force that Vladimir Putin is putting together, Pastor Dan, is much, much larger than the force that originally invaded Ukraine, because the Russians didn't go all all out when they originally invaded Ukraine. They came in with a kind of a limited force. Um, But this force, now that they've gathered, what it says is the Russians have decided it's time to stop messing around. We're going to get serious about this thing. Because up to this point, they've been relying a lot on the on the DPR and the LPR militias. They've been uh, relying on uh, mercenaries and so forth. But now they're, they've got half a million hardcore Russian troops that are, are mobilized, that have been put into position, that are getting ready to go into Ukraine. So if we see half a million Russian troops pouring across into Ukraine, we're going to be past the point of no return. There's going to be no turning back. There's going to be no peace. It's going to be the biggest and most mass escalation of the war so far, and it will inevitably prompt a a response from the West because the Ukrainians aren't going to be able to handle that. The Ukrainian forces at this point are completely exhausted. For the last couple months, they've just been getting shelled into oblivion. The losses of, of manpower on the Ukrainian side have been catastrophic. Um, you know, they, 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 they've just got basically body bags and piles of, of bodies all over. All, all over. Um, and, and so they're not going to be able to handle a new half a million Russian troops coming in. I mean, it's just going to be a disaster for the Ukrainians if this actually happens. And so... You know, in the West now, they're saying, well, what, what in the world are we going to do? We, we can't, we put, you know, the U.S. alone has already put basically 100, approximately $100 billion into this war. You know, and the U.K. and others, they're so invested in this conflict, so they're, they're like, what are we going to do? Well, former U.K. Defense Minister Sir Gerald Haworth is uh, publicly saying, hey, we might need to send NATO troops 
into Ukraine to fight. And so then, you know, we'd have uh, Russian troops and NATO troops directly firing at one another. And Pastor Nan, that puts us right on the blink, on the brink of nuclear war. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it does. We, they, every, it seems like almost every line that the Russians have put out there, they have, you know, we've stepped over it and said, oh, they won't do anything. It's like their mentality is that they, the way, and I'm talking about the West, because this war could have been avoided uh, completely. Uh, it was just uh, trying to put Ukraine into NATO that, you know, brink this thing. But the point is, is that it looks like our side is, I guess we can, I don't even like to call it our side anymore, um, are trying to start a nuclear war. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, it looks like that's what they want. How can they possibly want that? Yeah, well, it's insane. And, and the, the experts, the pundits on television keep assuring us that, oh, no, the risk of nuclear war is very low. And, and I, you know, I think, I think the Biden administration, they actually believe this, that the Russians wouldn't actually use nuclear weapons. Although, you know, just today, there's a video of Vladimir Putin, new video, in which he said, quote, we don't send our tanks to their borders, but we have the means to respond, and it won't end with the use of armored vehicles. Everyone must understand that. Basically, another time Vladimir Putin is threatening, hey, if you guys, you know, you want war with us, the West? Well, we're going to use nuclear weapons. The, the Russians keep doing this. In fact, they just, just today, there was another article talking about this, this uh, Russian television news program. They just broadcast a video in which it simulated what it would look like if the United Kingdom was hit with a Poseidon doomsday weapon. Now, these, the Poseidon doomsday weapon, and, and what it showed is this giant tsunami, you know, sweeping over uh, uh, the UK and Ireland. But people need to understand, these Poseidon doomsday weapons, uh, Pastor Dan, these things are very serious. It's they're basically unmanned drones, but when people think of drone, they think of something small, right, Pastor Dan? But right. these Poseidon doomsday weapons are absolutely enormous. They're more than 60 feet long, okay? They have a, they're more than 200,000 pounds. So that's some drone, but basically they're basically giant underwater torpedoes. Even I don't even like to call it a torpedo because this thing is just so huge. But it's a, a giant underwater unmanned craft that can travel thousands of miles, basically unlimited range, can go anywhere on the a world, super silently, so we can't even track it, but goes deep underwater go, go, and goes to the coastline, and then it can, it can, uh, it's designed to carry a nuclear device. So the, the, the idea is how it was designed is it can travel all the way, could travel to the coast of the UK, can travel to the east coast of the United States or the west coast, uh, for instance. But imagine it goes to the east coast, it can park right off our coastline and just sit there until it's given the command to detonate. And once it detonates, we're talking a giant radioactive a tsunami of, of colossal size that just boom sweeps in many 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 miles just instantly for example if, a, a, if one of these Poseidons was uh, in, that just one was detonated off the coast of New York City this giant tsunami of radioactive water just massively high would just crush New York City and just instantly basically obliterate the city in the blink of an eye gone. New York City would be gone. That's the kind of weapon that we're talking about. So imagine one parked off of all of our major East Coast cities, one parked off all the major West Coast cities. This is the kind of weapon that they're talking about on Russian television about using against the Western powers, openly talking about nuclear war. They regularly talk about nuclear war on Russian television, but here in the West we're being told, oh, the risk is very low. The Russians would never do it. You know, so there's this huge disconnect. And, you know, meanwhile, you know, right. the, the warmongers, you know, when the Biden administration first started, a lot, I don't think a lot of people took me seriously, Pastor Dan. I said, look, Joe Biden is surrounded by the biggest team of warmongers, all-star team of warmongers that we've ever seen in American history. And a lot of people said, Michael, you're exaggerating. No, no, this, this is real. Because uh, it's not just Russia now we have a war with. Now we find ourselves on the brink of China, war with China. You know, in fact, the top general just came out this week, Pastor Dan Wright, and he said, hey, 
I think we're going to be at war, at war with China in 2025. You know, it's just two years from now. And this is one of the top generals in our entire military. And then, you know, a member of Congress went on television and he said, yeah, I think he's right, you know. So, you know, we're, we're, we're on this. And then, and then China just sent another huge wave of aircraft into uh, Taiwanese airspace this week. And, I mean, it's super tense over there. So we're on the – so we could be fighting Russia and China. And now – in, in the article I posted today, I talked about North Korea. North Korea, they just came out and they said, hey, the U.S. is really provoking us. They pushed things to, quote, an, an extreme red line, unquote. And so they're warning, hey, if you mess with us, we're going to respond with, quote, the most overwhelming nuclear force, unquote. So North Korea, I mean, we're on the brink of, of a war on the Korean Peninsula for the first time since the early 1950s. And then all on right. top of all that, Pastor Dan, we're on the brink of a, a war between Iran and Israel. In fact, we uh, just a few days ago, last week, we uh, we saw these these giant. Actually, just a few days ago, we saw these giant these drone strikes inside Iran, which were conducted by Israel uh, in multiple locations, caused these huge explosions, these huge fires. It was really downplayed by the mainstream media, but there's video of this. I post it on my website, it's all over social media. Giant explosions, huge fires in Iran, at the military factory, other targets, military targets, where everyone knows it was Israel that did it. They attacked Iran. You know, we're on the verge of that war, too. Yeah. So we're talking about four major wars, Pastor Dan. Wow. And, and I'm really getting snapped to that happening with uh, Iran and Israel, right? But I know they were escalating back and forth and talking, but I didn't realize all the things that I saw in that article today that I just seen. It seems like, oh, wow, okay, wars and rumors of wars, but here's the point. Um, I don't think enough people, where my heart is at, is I'm taking it serious. People need to take it serious. We have never been in this position before. As for the warmongers in Washington, I, I, I... a lot of them are older guys. You know what I'm saying? They're on their way out. This is their chance under Biden. They're all of the same stone. Yeah, let's do it. We can whip Russia. They have came straight out and said that they don't want to stop until the regime is changed in Russia and Russia is broke up. What do they think? Aliens are going to come in and stop them from using nuclear weapons? I mean, it's just ridiculous. And it will take divine intervention to stop this one. Back to you. we got about three minutes before break. Yeah, when they talk about regime change, Pastor Dan, that just makes the Russians even more paranoid because the Russians view this, because they hear all this talk from the West, they view it as an existential threat to their government, to their society, to their way of life. And so they're saying we either have to win this conflict or we're going to be broken up. Our society is going to be taken over. We're going to be done. We're going to be finished. And so they feel they're just getting more and more boxed into a corner. Where and when you've got some of the nuclear weapons back into a corner, well, that makes it more likely for them to use the nuclear weapons. So, you know, the people you need to understand this didn't come out of anywhere. You know, God has been warning us for decades there would be war with Russia. I've been warning about it in my books for ages. But there would be war specifically with China. I've been warning about it in my books. My articles for ages that there would be war between Iran and Israel. We knew about this way in advance. God warned us way in advance that all these wars were coming, the specific wars, not just war is coming, the specific wars that are coming. Now they're here. They're right in front of our eyes. And yet still, most of the country doesn't want to listen to the warnings. Still, most of the church doesn't want to listen to the warnings, Pastor Dan. Yeah, that's absolute. And there's where... It's really bad. Is the church doesn't want to listen? The church should be screaming from the rooftops. They say the pastor should be going. Oh, I see what time we're in, and so get excited. And you know what I'm saying, and 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 want to go out and save souls and bring people in and warn the people, but they don't. They're just too busy getting along with the gay crowd down the street. So it seems, but it, it's just pitiful. But again. This is the place that we have wanted to be at. Wanting to be here and being here, though, is seeming to be two different things. Back to you. 
It, it, it's true, Pastor Dan, but, you know, hopefully we can get people to wake up. That's one of the reasons why you know, I work so hard. But ultimately, in terms of a nuclear war, I would very much recommend to people, if you are living near a nuclear missile silo in the upper Midwest, all the, all the way out to Montana, if you're living, if you live near one of those silos or you live near a military base, Pray about relocating because those are going to be the first targets the Russians hit when the nuclear war eventually comes. So if you want to survive, if you want to live for as long as you can, I would recommend considering where you want to live if you if you live near one of those uh, potential yeah. targets. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of people moving to the Ozarks. You know, and they call it Ozark set apart community. There's a bunch of different independent people but you know still joining together and helping each other and i know of one community um down there where they bought a bunch of land and and um they you know they're all christian but they're different belief christians you know what i mean but they're all getting along they're helping each other building roads and everything and so you know i don't know that that's the place for you the father hasn't put it on my heart yet to leave and but believe me um, I actually think I'm going to be right out in the middle of this. I don't know, but I'm going to be here until he tells me to go. But you should really pray about where you should be at. And speaking about where people should be at, they ought to be at your website. Why don't you give them a couple of your websites, and we'll go to break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk some more. Sure, you can find my work on the Oh, you can find my work on a daily basis at the economiccollapseblog.com, endoftheamericandream.com, themostimportantnews.com, and my brand new book entitled End Times. You can find on Amazon.com. It's available in paperback and in Kindle format. All right, folks, we will be back. Go away, Pastor Dan will be right back. What would you do if you had to tell a person the most important information in the world, but you knew they wouldn't believe you? Would you tell them? Well, most would. So what is the most important information in the world to all people, nations, and languages? The most important thing to do is to receive Jesus, but the most important thing not to do is don't take the mark of the beast, because... Those taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but are eternally tormented in hell. Revelation 14.11 says, The smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night to worship the beast in his image, or whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. But how do you tell them? Give them the book, Miss the Mark. If they'll read this simple, thin, easy-to-read book, they will never take the mark of the beast. One for twenty, but don't do that. We offer them in shrink-wrapped sets of ten to give away. One set of ten for thirty, two sets forty-five, four sets seventy at prophecyclub.com. Miss the mark at prophecyclub.com. Miss the mark at prophecyclub.com. In this time of the social and spiritual breakdown of America and the world, in these prophetic end times, God is calling multitudes of Christians to the Ozarks and other safe havens around the world to survive so they can spread the gospel. The Ark Haven Intentional Neighbors Vision is to prepare Christians physically, mentally, and spiritually for these end times. Thousands are coming to the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas and Missouri, where even the CIA says it's one of the safest places on earth. The Intentional Neighbors concept allows Christian neighbors to own adjacent land to each other so they can aid and help each other. The community is exploding with nurses, a doctor, and other professionals as well as many others. If you cannot afford to buy a house, you can rent a house. Call 479-502-1789. That's 479-502-1789. Or visit arkhaven.org. That's arkhaven.org. Tell them Pastor Dan sent you.
This is Pastor Dan Catlin. You're listening to American Voice Radio Network and the Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. He actually were on the American Voice Radio Network. Get a little tongue-tongue there. Well, we're talking with Michael Snyder today. Just to, We'll bring him back on in just a moment. But really, folks, do pray about supporting Wichita Mission Church. We help homeless and poor people. About Right now it's about 50-50 because we're in such a really, really bad neighborhood. Uh, poor people are just barely keeping roofs over their heads, and not because of drugs or anything. It's just because of inflation, poor minimum wage, and so on and so forth. And they're just barely keeping roofs over their heads. They can't afford to eat. And we're also helping them with first aid and blankets and all kinds of things. And that's people in the house. We're doing the same thing with the people that are outside. And that's the other 50%. We we are giving out over 100, I think it was 117 plates um, this last Tuesday. That doesn't include the blankets that we give out. And we had some Mennonite people that made some Mennonite uh, blankets, you know, quilts. We gave those out to him. Then I, I ended up giving away um, a tent to a guy, but I didn't know. Then there was these three ladies that came up, and they all needed tents because they're outside. I didn't realize they didn't have a tent. So you see what I'm saying? I do need your help. And my biggest pull this week is I need some tent, some extra tents. But worry about it. Support the Wichita Mission Church if you can. The Father, <clears throat> all donations, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart, of course. If you don't wish to help the poor, consider a donation for Radio Airtime. It keeps us on the air. You can donate online. You can donate by cash app. You can mail a check or money order. Call, excuse me, call and give a donation over the phone and find all that information at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. And now we're back with Michael Snyder. Are you there with me, Michael? I'm here, Pastor Dan. I was looking at your articles, and I thought maybe this might be a good time to go into this one. However, you can always go wherever you want to go, but talking about the collapse of faith in America, and that's kind of what I was pointing to in the first place is, actually, I believe if the church would have been doing their job, even people like um, uh, Pastor Carl Gallup agrees with me, that the church just isn't doing the job that it's supposed to do. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this predicament. Back to you. Yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate. It's very sad, Pastor Dan, because I, I grew up going to mainstream churches. I, you know, I, uh, you know, sat in, you know, uh, through more Sunday morning services, Sunday evening services, Wednesday evening services than I could possibly yeah. remember. Um, but the article you're referring to, it's uh, entitled The Collapse of Faith in America. It was actually featured on the Drudge Report this week which I was great, very, very honored that the Drudge Report picked it up because, you know, the Drudge Report normally doesn't get so much into matters of faith and, and right. Christianity and all that. But uh, very excited to be able to be a witness there. But uh, this, this in this article, I, I, I brought out a lot of the numbers that we are, uh, are, are seeing. And, and, you know, one of the things we've seen, if you go back to 1972 when we were all a lot younger, 1972, uh, a Pew survey found that 92% of all Americans identified as Christians. So you're talking about almost the entire country said that they were Christians. Well, now that, that well that started to fall. Then you get to 2007, uh, you know, where uh, the, the the percentage of Christians in this country had fallen to 78%. Still a, a real big majority, but it fallen from 92% to 78% in 2007. Now, since that time, it's really accelerated. Now we're down to 63%. So we've gone all the way from 92 to 63%. And if you look at the chart, it's really accelerating in terms of the percentage that identify as Christians. And, and assuming the trend continues, we'll be under 50% pretty quickly here. Now, but it's also important to remember that that number includes people like, you know, Nancy Pelosi, people like Joe Biden, who want nothing to do with uh, traditional Christian values at all. You know, they promote abortion, they mm-hmm. promote gay marriage, transgender, every, all of it. So, you know, even though they, they if a, a, a pollster says, are you a Christian? They would say, yes, I am a Christian. I go to church. You know, everything they do is the opposite of Christianity, the opposite of the Bible, you know? So that... All those people that are like that, that are like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, are also included in that number of supposed Christians. So we're seeing this decline. We're seeing this turn away. 
which is very sad. And then we're also seeing a, uh, a uh, th- we've seen a multi-decade decline in church attendance, and that's really been accelerating here since the pandemic. In fact, church attendance is only at 85% of pre-pandemic levels right now. Um, a, a, a different survey uh, found that uh, um, uh, th- that before the pandemic, 75% of Americans said they went to church at least once per year, and now that number is down to 67%. Um, and so we're seeing this decline, and and uh, as a result of less people going to church, well, you know that they're they're not getting the same level of finances, and so I, I pointed out another another uh, in, in the, uh, study in in the, in the article that I wrote, which talked about how thousands of churches are closing all over the country each year. More churches are closing every single week. The number of churches in our country is going down and down and down, and this is the same road that we've seen them go down in in Europe and Australia and all over the Western world, Canada where we've seen them move away from faith, where we've seen churches close their doors, we've seen less people identify as Christians, and ultimately they've all become post-Christian societies, and it could be very much argued that the United States has reached that point as well. And so this is where we're at. And then the, the, the institutions that remain open, you know, so many of them are embroiled in controversies over sexuality. For example, the United Methodist Church is about to divide. The whole denomination is going to split up between those that support gay marriage and those that don't support gay marriage, you know. Or then, yeah. you know, and so, and it's happening in the denomination after denomination, organization after organization. So this is where we, we're at. And then the, the churches that remain open, they're scared to death of offending anyone because then people won't come back and keep putting money in the offering plate, and they need those offerings to keep going. And so so many of them don't want to say anything offensive, don't want to talk about the hard issues like abortion and, and all of that, and don't want to talk about the end times lest anyone get offended. So, you know, we've got all these watered-down yeah. churches that are left that, that are, uh, you know, not really doing the job, Pastor Dan. Yeah, amen. And I'll, I'll say this. Now, there, are, there, of course, there are a few, um, and I have talked extensively with this a lot with Carl Gallup. But, you know, the big point, I guess, is this, is the smaller the church that you're in out there, folks, the better that seems to be. The more independent the church and non-denominational, so to speak, the church, then the the more the truth. Not saying that there isn't truth in some of these other places. But it seems the larger the truth, you know, um, the more watered down it is, or more they're focused on entertainment than actually preaching. You know, we people used to go into a church, Michael, to get convicted. You know, if you didn't get, you walk out there feeling like you got stuck with a thousand needles, then I guess you, the guy wasn't preaching very much that day. But uh, we just, no conviction. People want, um, I noticed, they want, uh, they want to believe in Christianity, but they want to believe in Christ, but they don't want anything else that goes with it. They, you just think, well, that's all you got to do. Believe in Him, period. You know, they don't know the meaning of repent. I about fell over when somebody on on Facebook actually said, uh, he put this little mimic thing up that it was a skeleton, and it says, me waiting for somebody to show me where I had to repent to be saved. I thought, really, has he read two words of the Bible, you know? And it's just it, it's just terrible. People don't read. Faith has fallen away. But then again, guess what? That's what the Word says, that faith would fall away, that the people would be just like this before the time of the end. Back to you. Yeah, and, you know, I believe we are seeing an apostasy of the last days. Uh, but but ultimately, I believe that, you know, as great judgments come upon this planet, it's going to wake up a lot of people up. And we are going to see rep- ultimately repentance and a great harvest of souls. And I believe the greatest move of God in all of human history. But it's going to take a tremendous amount of shaking in order to get us there. And one of the things that we're going to see is uh, we're going to see food shortages out there. And we are seeing food shortages and famine, and that's one of the signs in Matthew 24. It's one of the signs, if you look uh, during the the breaking of the seals in the book of Revelation, uh, famine, food shortages, we see that there as well. And and so, you know, we talked about wars and rumors of wars earlier, and we're starting to see this famine. And so last year, and, you know, and, 
you know, in, in my articles and, you know, I'd come on shows like this and I would say, hey, you know, what's, what we're seeing here, we're seeing an escalation of the food crisis in 2022 and it's going to go to another level in 2023. And, and, you know, so we, we were warning about this and, and that's precisely what's happening. That's what we're seeing right now all over the world. For example, in Africa, Reuters just recently posted an article in which they stated, quote, across Africa from east to west, People are experiencing a food crisis that is bigger and more complex than the continent has ever seen, unquote. So that's Reuters. This is mainstream news, newswire Reuters admitting that the food crisis in Africa, and we've all remember in the past Sally Struthers saying, oh, feed the children, pictures of stark children, skin and bones and all that. And there have been uh, localized famines in Africa in the past, and we all know that. But what's happening right now is worse than it's ever been in Africa before. Right now, this is already happening. Okay, meanwhile, in the Middle East, right now, okay, right now, in the Middle East, there's such a shortage of wheat that many Pakistanis are waiting in line for hours to receive a single bag of wheat flour. Now, could you imagine doing that? Could you imagine going and standing in line for hours for anything? Uh, you know, or, but these people are standing in line for hours just to get one bag of flour to feed their families. But if you were desperately hungry, you would do that too. But this is happening in the Middle East. It's happening in Pakistan, which is not even, you know, a relatively wealthier country, but it's happening there. Meanwhile, in South America, we've got a tremendous civil unrest in Peru. There's widespread shortages of fuel, but of food, of different products, you know, right now. And, 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 and uh, you know, so things are, 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 are very bad in Peru. That's South America. Then you go over to Australia. They've got a very painful shortage of potatoes right now. This po- national potato shortage is a really big deal over there where they don't have enough potatoes. So that, that was just in the headlines, which I saw this week. And so it's happening. It's a global thing. It's happening all over the world. In fact, the New York Times recently came out with an article where they quote, they admitted that food shortages are, quote, causing intense pain across Africa, Asia, and the Americas, unquote. This is the New York Times, you know, this is a paper, a newspaper of record in the United States saying, talking about the, these food shortages, they're global, they're all over the world, okay? So this is where we're at. Now, here in the United States, nobody's starving yet. Okay, but what do we what do we talk about? We, we yet last year we said, hey, look, these food shortages, you know, uh, how they're going to manifest around the, the poor countries is people aren't going to have enough to eat, and that's happening now. But in the Western world, where we have money, it's going to manifest in higher prices because we got the money, we can pay for the food, we can import the food, and so we're going to get the food in, but we're going to pay more for it. Now, hey. Everybody, every single person out there that's listening that's been to the grocery store lately knows we're paying more for food, okay? And it's going to get worse. For example, in because news just came out that Florida is going to have the smallest citrus crop since 1945, so that's that orange juice now futures to so a record high. So we're going to pay a lot more for orange juice moving forward because you know. You go back to 1945, the population of the country was 139 million. Today, we've got 331 million people living in this country. So we've got the smallest citrus production since 1945, but in 1945, they had less than half as many people. So we're talking about a a real problem with oranges with other citrus fruit. Meanwhile, the size of our national cattle herd is shrinking. I put in this article I just posted today, down 3% from a year ago. Our population is growing, but we have less meat. And and they're warning it's going to continue, you know, in the months and years ahead. We're going to have less and less beef. So if you love hamburgers, well, that's going to be a problem. They're going to continue to get more expensive. You say, well, I'll switch to chicken and turkey. Well, that is a huge problem, too, because chicken and turkey are becoming a lot more expensive because we've already – I lost more than 58 million chickens and turkeys in the United States alone to the bird flu, more than 50 million also in Europe, you know. So that's one of the, you know, talk about pestilences of the last days, that's one of them, okay. And then on top of that, we just had that giant fire at one of our leading egg producers in the entire country uh, out there on the East Coast, killed 100,000 chickens in that mysterious fire. No one knows where it came from. And then on top of that, 
uh, Pastor Dan, all of a sudden, chicken farmers around the country are, are, are telling us that their hens have stopped laying eggs. Even Tucker Carlson talked mm. about this on his show the other night. All over the country, all of a sudden, hens that lay eggs like clockwork, they're not laying eggs. And so people yeah. are like, is it the chicken feed? What's going on here? It's a big mystery. We don't know. But that's making things even worse. And so what all this has done is it's sparked this huge frenzy at, at hatcheries around the country, around the United States, where all of a sudden people want to raise their own chickens and people are buying up, you know, these these uh, little chicks, right. uh, you know, like crazy. And so all these hatcheries are getting sold out because all these people all of a sudden want to raise their own chickens. But this is where we're at, Pastor Dan. Our food supply, our food production is being hit from countless different directions. We've got this... this uh, Great, this famine, famine of the last days is erupting all over the world. It's happening yeah. right now. And, uh, you know, and people Let's, need to realize that, that, that we're here. Yeah. Let, a couple of little things. The chickens, we have chickens and they, they started stopping laying. You know, my wife was down to just getting a few eggs. And then I told her, I said, well, you know, you need to change speed, you know, try a different store. And I'm not going to name the stores, but she tried a different store like we saw online. And, the, yeah, the chickens started laying. So there is a particular store out there that seems to be um, something different with their food. But the health ranger, folks, the health ranger, um, Mike Adams, is testing that food over there right now, so we'll find out. But, yeah, it, it, it's getting that way. I know while you can still get food in the stores here, um, the quality, you know, it costs too much. Uh, people just can't afford to eat. You wouldn't believe, Michael, some of the people that are showing up. I mean, people that I never thought I would see. You know, really well-dressed people are showing up and and being really humble, waiting in line to get a, you know, a plate of food or get some of the food that we put out to be taken away because we do get donations of people with food and we just put it out on the tables and, First come, first serve, but they take everything. You, you wouldn't believe it. There is starvation here, but it's not because there isn't food here. It's like you said, because there is food, but, you know, they can't afford it. A lot of people, everybody talks about a recession. Can you explain to the people what a recession is and are we facing one? Are we in one? What is it? Well, a recession is when the uh, economy, the, the normal definition is when the economy shrinks the u.s gdp shrinks for two quarters in a row of course we saw that last year but then biden said no it's not a recession it's not a recession don't pay attention you know but that's normally the the official definition of a recession but you know uh, but now you know many people uh, believe that we're heading into another one uh, that this year is going to be really bad in fact they, the wall street journal just uh surveyed a bunch of uh, economists, and 61% of them believe that there's going to be a recession within the next 12 months. So most of them believe that that, that this is coming, that this is happening, and we're starting to see a, uh, a decline in uh, so many of the things that we would expect to see a re uh, in a recession are happening now. We're seeing uh, sales uh, uh, um, um, decline. Uh, throughout our economy, retail sales have fallen in three of the past four months. Uh, in terms of uh, auto sales, um, uh, the auto industry had its worst year for sales in more than a decade last year, so auto sales have been way down. Sales of existing homes in the United States uh, uh, fell last year to their lowest level since 2014. They've been falling month after month after month after month as the housing market is starting to collapse. So all these things, and we're starting to see, uh, you know, in a recession, when a recession comes, we see layoffs. And so now, just within the past few days, uh, PayPal, they announced layoffs. FedEx, they announced layoffs, you know. And just about every major tech co company now that you can name, Google has announced layoffs. Uh, Microsoft has announced layoffs. Amazon has announced layoffs. Facebook and Twitter, and the list goes on and on and on. And I've been documenting Walmart has let, been laying people off. You know, McDonald's says they're going to have to lay people. You know, just about every big company that you could think of almost has, has already announced layoffs, you know, and, and, and yeah. we're just beginning. But if, if the wealthiest, most prosperous companies in our entire country are laying people off, is any job in the private sector even safe? You know, so, and we saw a similar thing in 2008, but in 2008, 
what we didn't have to deal with was a, rage, a raging inflation crisis at the same time, you know, where our standard of living, where infl- the, the cost of living has been rising much faster than our, our paychecks have. And so what's happening is our incomes don't go as far. And so when you're talking about real disposable income, last year in 2022, it declined at the fastest rate that we have seen since the Great Depression in 1932. So we, we saw something that happened last year that hadn't happened since 1932, the peak of the Great Depression. So that, and that's what we're looking at in terms of how our standard of living is shrinking. And so this is why Pastor Dan seeing more people. I hope you, all of you out there will support what he's doing because he's going to need more food. He's going to need more help because more and more people are going to be coming and depending on him and, and needing food because this is where yeah. we're at. But oh, go ahead, Pastor Dan. Oh, I just said, yeah, it's just it's it's just crazy. It's just crazy. I, I see it up front, and I've seen the pain in people's faces and, and the you know, the, when you see a some, you know, old, an older, well, I'm 67, but I don't feel old. But, you know, I see people, you know, in their 70s, you know, uh, a man and his wife um, come up and and really just waiting for a plate of food. It's, it's just, it really just breaks your heart. You know what I'm saying? But it's going to get worse, folks. It, not just for me. I'm talking about for your families. You need to consider some, number one, being right. But being right is is you got to provide for your families in this time that's coming. This isn't going to just blow over. Is this just going to blow over? Oh, it's going to be better next summer? Back to you. No, people need to understand. Let me share one thing with you that will hopefully put this in perspective, okay? Now, if we suddenly stopped using all fertilizer right now, we would only be able to feed about half the world, okay? So fertilizer and basically enables us to grow twice as much food worldwide. So if we stop using fertilizer, half the world starves, okay? So the production of fertilizer is absolutely critical. Now, one of the most key components of fertilizer is phosphorus, okay? Phosphorus is what makes plant, all plants and all animals need phosphorus to grow. We use phosphorus in our fertilizers, okay? And now virtually all the phosphorus that we use in our fertilizer comes from what's known as, quote, non-renewable phosphate rock, unquote, okay? And 85% of the and, – and the supplies of that have been getting tighter and tighter, and 85% of the remaining supply of that non-renewable phosphate rock is located in just five countries. We're talking about Morocco, China, Egypt, Algeria, and South Africa. Now, the problem is that uh, supplies of it are getting tighter and tighter, and they're going to continue to get tighter and tighter as we slowly run out of this non-renewable phosphate rock because it's, it doesn't, non-renewable, it doesn't come back. We can't cre- artificially, we can't even artificially create it. Our scientists can't do it. We need this phosphate rock, okay? And so global supplies are diminishing and diminishing and getting tighter and tighter, and what that means is fertilizer is going to continue to get it more expensive, and eventually there's simply not going to be enough non-renewable phosphate rock to go around, and when we get to that point, we're going to be in all sorts of trouble, because what it's going to mean is it's going to mean mass starvation for the current population that we have, because we're not going to be able to feed everybody, because we're not simply not going to be able to have enough fertilizer, okay? So what that means is that global famine is inevitable. There's no way out in terms of what we're, the way we do things today, the way, the way, so, you know, if Jesus doesn't come back, we're going to be in all sorts of trouble because we're going to be facing horrible famine either way. You know, so the Bible says there's famine in the last days, and now we're reached a point where it's inevitable because we're running out of this phosphate. So this is where we are, Pastor, and that's just one reason we really need Jesus to come back. And the good news is he is coming back. Yeah, and, amen. And, and, so, and that is really good news. That gives us hope. Right, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. And there's the point. Well, you know, I, it's not that I get extreme pleasure from giving all this bad news, but it, or I give the bad news is really, if you flip it over, if you're a believer, it's great news because that means Yeshua is coming back. Yeah, hey, tell them where they can find your books and, and everything, and uh, then we'll go, and I really appreciate you being on with me. Yeah. 
I would encourage everyone to visit themostimportantnews.com on a daily basis. For all the articles that I put out, you can find them right there. And if you want to find my new book, go to Amazon.com, type in Michael Snyder, End Times. It'll bring it right up. It's available in paperback and the Kindle format. I would encourage everyone out there tonight who does not know the Lord, does not know Jesus, is not a Christian, and you don't have, you're looking toward the future, you don't have any hope, I encourage you, ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior today, and you will, your sins will be forgiven. You'll have eternal life. You'll have hope for the future. In fact, you'll have a brighter future than you can even imagine right now. So I'd encourage everyone right, right now, if you don't know where you're going when you die, invite Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior today. Yes, amen and amen. Well, thanks for being on with me. You be blessed, brother. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, that was Michael Snyder. You can check out his website. There will be links to all his websites in this podcast with it when it goes out later tonight, um, probably about uh, about two hours from now. It'll take us to get it done. First, we've got to go have dinner. And on Thursdays, you know what dinner is around my house? It's always tacos, some kind of tacos. Might be steak tacos, might be hamburger tacos, might be chicken tacos. Who knows? But it will be tacos something. And maybe burritos. That might be a stuff. Anyway, remember, folks, there is only one true God. He is your father. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repented sins, and he rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way of the Father. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. When you're doing, you're praying for Yeshua's return, because there'll never be any real peace until he returns. Again, pray about Sport and Talk Radio. Go to prophecyhour.com. You can find out all the things that you need to do. If you got some extra tents or something, send them to me. Whatever you can do. Wichita Mission Church, pray about supporting that. We do really need your help. Lord our God, our King Universe, asking Yeshua Hamashiach's name, Father, that you would please bless and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them, and that you would be gracious to them, and give them peace like no one or nothing else can. Until next Thursday, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. Y'all be blessed. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch. 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time from Messiah's Branch.